You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Pre-Super Bowl. You can make the official Super Bowl pick next week, but we'll get his thoughts. 8.15. Um, you're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 and Odyssey Station. One. Um, and by the way, John Harris joining us in about 23 minutes or so. He was at the Senior Bowl all week. We'll get some draft thoughts from the great John Harris, Texan sideline reporter and draft analyst, starting with the Texans. Uh, the Pro Bowl games took place last night, at least some of them did, including the precision passing in which C.J. Stroud finished second to Baker Mayfield among the six quarterbacks. So the NFC got the points in that one. The way this works is they, they get into a bunch of fun little contests including things like closest to the pin at a golf course, stuff like that. The NFC leads the AFC right now 12-6 to six, oh, going into Sunday. But it. there's still several contests, including the flag football game on Sunday, Seth, in which Peyton Manning told uh, Pat McAfee he has this pick for MVP of the flag football game. Uh, we will even the score uh, in Orlando. And uh, uh, MVP, uh, they used to give a car to the MVP. Uh, so we're working on the gift, maybe, you know, Pat McAfee wants to, you know, name the MVP, but I'm going the early MVP uh, candidate as um, I'm going C.J. Stroud. Yeah. C.J. Stroud for the MVP. Ooh. Hey, rookie, too. So it's his first time. You know, he's going to want to ball out just like he has all year. I'm excited to see what Wes Welker cooks up for the boys. Yeah, me too. C.J. Stroud was built for flag football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's going to peace, man. <laughs> I can't wait. So, flag uh, football, what do we have to worry about with uh, – I worry mostly about broken fingers. That, oh. And I worry about cheaters who tie their uh, flags in knots. Oh, okay. I know that used to be the big gym class thing. Oh, really? Got, yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. I, I missed out on that. Well, because our gym teacher was just a jackass that didn't even realize it. Dullard. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, wait, I remember my friend Aaron would, uh, would tie, tie it. This guy's unstoppable. Two. Uh, John Weeks is back with the Texans for year 15. John Weeks is going to be around when C.J. Stroud is winding his career down. How long can John Weeks go, do you think, long snapping if he wanted to, Seth? As long as he doesn't have somebody chopping him on the back of the neck like you revealed you did to long snappers back in the back day. Back when we were allowed to. Back yeah. when men were men and they beat on helpless long, long snappers. Long snappers. Now they're so protected. Back with, when- that, with that in mind... <laughs> Back when they let men be men yeah. and chop at their heads when they had no way of defending themselves. Chop it, Damn it. undefended guys 70 pounds lighter than you. Yes. yes. That's um, when men were men. John Weeks, uh, year 15. Good, as long as he keeps in shape, which he has. You know, a couple of years ago, he kind of you could tell he recommitted himself yeah. to, to being like super lean. Uh, by long snapper standards. I, I would best uh, like until he's 40. Yeah, I think so too. I wonder if that's his target. It's a good gig, man. One point three million he got yesterday for uh, for long snapping. For it's a lot text. of pressure, man. Yeah. I wouldn't yeah. handle the pressure very well. That, that's true. That's I don't true. even like talking about like that. There's a lot of pressure because he might be listening, and I don't want to get into his head. I yeah. You know? I, I think he's okay, but 
Good thought. I would. I've told him. I've told him my little things that I used to do to try to mess with long snappers' heads, and he he acts like none of them would have worked. But I I know they. Oh, that's nice of you trying to get into the head of the Texans' long snapper. (laughs) Good jobs. (laughs) I think the one he said that might have made some sense was like I would I would just start to describe how sticky the grass was. Mm -hmm. Like, oh man, this grass is sticky. (laughs) It's weird. It's sticky. If you notice how, hey, long snapper, if you notice how sticky the grass is. So he put some extra torque on it and it would launch it over the punch. I wanted to put an image in his head of like his knuckles getting stuck on the turf or something. Oh, yeah. Just anything to mess up. You know when you're throwing darts and all of a sudden the dart doesn't feel right in your fingers? Yeah. I was always trying to get get him to overanalyze how everything felt. That is uh, that's next level three dimensional chess right there. I tell if you, if that didn't work, I just said that I, I uh, that I boned his wife, banged his mom. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Three. <laughs> that's I never said that to a long snapper. <laughs> you said it to opposing guards and tackles. Yeah. Um, Washington Commanders have found their head coach. They're the last ones to make a hire in this coaching cycle. The coach is Dan Quinn, the Dallas defensive former Dallas defensive coordinator who was who was last seen. Coordinating a defense that was getting run through like poop through a goose yeah, like, <laughs> against last, the Green Bay Packers. Who at various times this year, when I tuned in to watch the end of a Cowboys game, was had commentators saying like, "Oh, well, you don't see this very often." Yeah. Uh, I seem to see it every time I watch like Dak Prescott uh, have a game-winning drive, but if he leaves more than a minute on the clock, the Cowboys' defense would fall apart into yeah. shambles. Yeah, underwhelming. That's Dan Quinn, uh, uh, underwhelming. I would say. Hell of a regular season defense, kind of, except for the close games that they needed to they yep. needed to stop at the end. Yep, yep. So Washington hires Dan Quinn, and that's it. We close out the for now the twenty twenty four head coaching cycle. Four. Let's get to a couple Rockets bullet points here. Um, no All-Star game for Alper and Shengun. They named the reserves in the Western and Eastern Conference yesterday. For now, for now, maybe somebody backs out of the All-Star game. I don't know if guys necessarily back out of the NBA All-Star game, though. feels like that's just kind of... Even with all the things they've been doing with them picking teams and stuff like that, other than the last five minutes, it's... Well, plus, the NBA All-Star game has such um, such appeal as, like, a cultural event. Celebrity. It's like a huge... That, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's very glitzy. Yeah. It's the it thing. Like, yeah. the NFL's still got kind of a dorky, uh, like, crew-cut 1950s feel to it, no matter how hard we try. Yeah. We can't get out of our uh, the, the, our, our image of the, as, as, like, the... Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of OGs on the Western Conference team for the reserves. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard all make the team. Uh, the younger guys that made the team, Devin Booker, his fourth appearance. Carl Anthony Towns, his fourth appearance. Anthony Edwards, the second time he's made the team. So, Alperin Shangun looks like we'll have to wait at least one more year, but five. he's going to have a new teammate. Will not see the floor this season, but might see the floor for the Rockets next season. They make a trade yesterday, trading Victor Oladipo's contract and three second-round picks to the um, Memphis Grizzlies for Steven Adams. Veteran yes, center, Steven Adams. big body, looks like a James Bond villain. Um, so came back to his rightful home yeah, instead, he, of, uh, instead of that James Harden fella. That's yeah. right. Yeah, the that, pick, pick, that pick comes back to the Rockets. The right? pick that was in the Harden trade, uh, the yeah. pick that got traded to OKC, was the pick OKC used to get Steven Adams, circle of life. He's we are now owning that draft 100. <laughs> We're going back and totally owning the 2013 yes. draft. Yes. Yes. yes, yes, absolutely. We've already had we've had Harden long. We had Harden long enough, and now we'll reclaim our draft pick. I reserve the right to change this opinion if it turns out Stephen Adams is just a body they throw into a bigger trade coming up in the next several days before the trade oh, yeah. deadline. Um, but if they are inclined to to keep him, 
Um, I kind of like that they've got an eye on next year and adding some KG vets to this to the uh, to the team for next season. That's Stephen Adams. You know, Shangun's your starting center, but Stephen Adams kind of that stage in his career where he's a big body off the bench for you. So uh, good job, Raphael Stone. Thumbs up on that for me. Six. Okay, this Mark Andrews story. I wanted to make sure we left enough time for this um, because I had not seen this story. I just came into a an argument tuning in on the Odyssey app to yeah. end the loop yesterday afternoon with Lopez um, arguing with a caller about this Mark Andrews about an element to this Mark Andrews story, and I okay. I didn't. I couldn't tell what they were arguing about. Here's the Mark Andrews story, just so all of you are not in the same boat I was in yesterday. Um, Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews was on a plane on Thursday traveling from Baltimore to Phoenix and assisted a woman who experienced a medical emergency during the flight. He was on a Southwest flight to Phoenix. Now, Andrews is a type 1 diabetic. That's been pretty well publicized. And he provided a diabetic testing kit that led to the woman being stabilized for the rest of the flight. There's a passenger yeah. on the flight that said it was really scary. It was touch and go for a while. I think the coolest part is if anybody who's ever watched Mark Andrews, they knew exactly what was going to happen. It was just classic Mark Andrews where it's like in a time of need, people like that step up. So, so uh, the woman's this woman's heart rate, pulse, and blood pressure were extremely low. There, were a do- there was a doctor and a nurse attending to this woman, and Andrews popped over and said, like, is it, could she have low blood sugar? And he, put, he whipped out his kit that he had and uh and then helped them use it to test her blood sugar so she did have low blood sugar right i guess we're wondering what the we're wondering what the the argument might be between lopez and the caller this is what i'm guessing okay don't tell me yet john i won't this is what i'm guessing i'm guessing that the word hero was used or something that painted uh that painted andrews as the hero when somebody else either lopez or the caller was arguing like well he helped out, but I mean, it's not like he like performed CPR on the woman okay. or something. Here, here's what Landry said. I texted Landry, okay. and I said, um, I said, so what was the dust-up about with Lopez and that caller regarding Andrews? Um, I, I said, I hadn't seen the Andrews story when I yeah. dipped in on your show yesterday. Here's what Landry texted me a, a few minutes ago. Person texted in that he was in the medical field, and there were holes in the story, and we just started laughing. And I said, that was, I'm in the medical field guy. And then Lopez went on a rant. And that's when a, maybe this texter, I'm guessing, called yeah. in oh. and began arguing with Lopez. And, and the best part about the segment <laughs> yeah. was Landry, after they hung up with the guy, after the very heated discussion between Lopez and this guy, because I think Lopez is just going, hey, man, we're just reading the reports of what happened. Yeah. yeah. Landry going, you just got schooled, Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> you just got served. You got taken to the woodshed. <laughs> Lopez was I, heated. I was hoping it was like somebody because I the the first the, the you know you know Twitter Twitter it was like like Mark Andrews hero Mark Andrews oh, yeah. saves woman's life like uh, the the articles I read about it were more like this headline was Ravens Mark Andrews assists with in flight emergency yeah so I don't know I'm guessing the doctor would have probably realized that she had low blood sugar but maybe they, who knows um, but uh, I I I feel like the real hero is Todd Monken. Because if, if Todd oh, Monken yes. hadn't been such an awful offensive coordinator and didn't have such a horrific game yes. plan versus the Chiefs, yes. Mark Andrews wouldn't have even been on that flight to, to offer up his blood, his Monken, blood sugar testing. Monken kit. getting an emergency invite to the NFL honors next week, and he's like, why? 
<laughs> He's going to be comeback player of the year. Yeah, next year. yeah, uh, like tomorrow. Save the woman's life by being so bad at, at having any kind of a, an, a, a, a game plan that makes sense for oh the Chiefs. Oh my god, yes. that's funny. That's funny. Seven. All right, we're going to get to a few other sort of sub stories to the head coaching hire cycle here. Um, probably the most intriguing one, uh, other than Dan Quinn to Washington yesterday, Seth. Cliff Kingsbury back in the NFL as the OC for the Las Vegas Raiders under Antonio Pierce. So Antonio Pierce himself, a defensive head coach, is outsourcing the entire offense, it would seem, to Cliff Kingsbury. Do you expect Kingsbury to deploy the traditional air raid offense? Uh, and I guess how traditional was the air raid offense he was using with Kyler Murray in Arizona? Like, how do you, I, guess, do you, I mean, it's not the air raid. Like, like they have to make different I, I guess the question really is like is it going to be the same thing they did in Arizona that's my question um I would imagine I, I'm thinking that with a little time for Cliff Kingsbury to sit back and I know he spent time consulting with teams this last year I can't remember if he was detached to one specific team um I think he probably got some good input from people other NFL people which you don't always get while you're the active NFL coach and people are competing against you about some of the things that maybe he needed to focus on I look I know just from talking to a couple different defensive backs that 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 it was like just plainly obvious who like which receivers weren't involved in the in the play mm. like it was, it was like it was still a first read offense in a lot of ways and like there was so little chance that the guys who weren't designed to be the first or second read weren't going to get the ball that they just shut it down and it gets it gets fun to play against offenses like that after you get a a half season worth of film on him. So, like, that doesn't fly. And I, I'm guessing that maybe maybe Cliff Kingsbury got some good, valid input on stuff like that. Pass protection uh, never seemed to be something that Cliff Kingsbury was keen on really learning and understanding in the NFL. Um, so, like, I, I, I think we see a different version of what he was doing in Arizona. Here's a question. Should Devontae Adams be excited about the hire of Cliff Kingsbury as the offensive coordinator? Because we know he's not been very excited about being a Las Vegas Raider the last year or so. I don't think he should be. I think he, like Cliff Kingsbury still got to prove it in the NFL. Yep. Um, like there, they had some, they had some competitive offenses there for a couple years, but a lot of it was still predicated on Kyler Murray's athleticism, and then and just they kept signing and drafting more and more receivers. Um, more so than it was like actually putting together a, a cohesive offense. I think vibe is half the reason Cliff Kingsbury gets hired in these jobs. He's just yeah. that sort of handsome, smooth-talking dude who, boy, at certain times, there's been a lot of yards generated by this offense. Wow, yeah. you know? I think that's half of it. He got a, he got an NFL head coaching job after not having had a winning record as a head coach at Texas in like Tech. four years. Yeah, it was insane. It was, inc- it was incredible. All right, let's knock out these last two, then we got to get to uh, Mattress Mac and Max Picks. Eight. Is that eight or are we on seven? I thought we were on seven. Are we on eight? Okay. Uh, Bill Callahan is going to be the offensive line coach for his son, Brian Callahan, in Tennessee. Alex Van Pelt is going to be the new OC in New England. He was Deshaun Watson's OC in Cleveland last year. And Bill O'Brien, at least on one candidate list for the now vacant Boston College job. Boston College's head coach left to become the defensive coordinator for the Green Bay. But he leaves a head coaching job in the Power Five to become a D.C. In the, uh, in the NFL. That is your 8 at 8. The Ocho, we get you started each and every day with that. It is 8.15. By the way, John Harris is going to join us in the next segment. We'll talk to Johnny about his trip to the Senior Bowl. Give us a few names to keep an eye on during the draft process for the Houston Texans that he saw there. Some needs to be filled. And just general thoughts from Johnny as we start to head into draft season here. The Combine will be coming up here shortly. 
so the great John Harris will join us next. But first, speaking of greatness, the owner and founder of Gallery Furniture, Mattress Mac, Jim McIndale, joins me at this time each and every Friday. We've been doing it for a couple of years now. Max picks, and we've got we know we got the big game coming up next week, Mac. Get some thoughts on that from you for sure, but we'll make the official pick next week. But before we get to that, let's get people fired up. That twofer promotion you got going on right now, huge for Cougs and Stroh's fans. They are excited about the twofer promotion, Sean, especially since they can buy $4,000 of better Tempur-Pedic mattress right now, change their life for the better by an adjustable sleep set, sleep great every night, eight hours, have more vitality, more cognitive ability, fight off viruses, Feel better and look better, maybe even lose weight. So change your life for the better by a $4,000 Tempur-Pedic adjustable sleep set right now. Get it delivered free today. And if the Cougars win it all and they're playing excellent right now, your purchase is free, free, free. If the Cougars don't win it all, your purchase flips over to the Houston Astros. If they win it all, you get it free, free, free. Giant two-for promotion on mattresses right now by a Tempur-Pedic adjustable sleep set. Change your life, change your spouse's life for the better starting tonight. Gallery Furniture delivers your temporary adjustable sleep set right now today. I love what a sleep advocate Mattress Mac is. It's so true. Sleep is the foundation for everything. Mac, I'm heading to Vegas on Sunday for the big game. We know it's Kansas City and it's going to be San Francisco. We're going to get your official pick next week, but you got any early thoughts on this matchup? It's real simple, Sean. I figured this out. Don't bet against Mahomes and don't bet against the girl. Well, there you go. Don't bet against the girl. There you go. Okay. Well, we got a little foreshadowing for what your pick is going to be next week for sure. Um, so let's. we don't have any football this weekend, but you mentioned the Cougs. Cougs have a huge one coming up this weekend. The first trip as a Big 12 member to Fog Allen Fieldhouse in Kansas. So we got the Cougs, uh, a top-five team going against Kansas, a top-ten team. Cougs, well, from what I've looked at, Mac um, – a small favorite in this game at uh, Kansas this weekend, like a point-and-a-half favorite. I think I know who you got, but you go ahead and tell us. Who you got in this one? I got the Cougs all the way. I saw them play last Saturday in a Fertitta Center, and they were running around there defending like uh, a bunch of wild people. It was great. They really did a great job. And then, of course, they beat Texas in Austin, which is a tall task. So I got to go with those Cougs in Lawrence, Kansas. We did a uh, basketball promotion a couple of years ago and the Kansas Jayhawks won the tournament. We gave back $15 million, and Coach Self came down for our giveaway party. So he's a great guy, but I like Coach Sampson and the Houston Cougs in this one on Saturday. The Cougs are a great basketball team. Even more reason to get in the Gallery Furniture 2 for promotion right now. Buy that Tempur-Pedic mattress, sleep great every night, get more energy, more vitality, more cognitive abilities. Change your life for the better by the 10-pick adjustable sleep set. Gallery delivers tonight, and all we got to say is go Cougs! Yeah, go Cougs! Go get them this weekend. Mac, we appreciate the time. As always, I'll talk to you live from Vegas next Friday. You got it, Sean. Have a good time on Radio Row. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it 
in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right, welcome back. Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. Sorry, guys, I was screaming at our producers, and they're like, I'm looking down at the hotline. I'm like, do we have John Harris or not? And I forgot that Johnny can just join us on the... On the back channel here from uh, NRG Stadium, and we welcome him in right now, Texan sideline reporter John Harris. And for this time of year, more importantly, draft guru, the best in the business when it comes to the NFL draft, John Harris joining us. Johnny, how was Mobile, Alabama treating you? How was it? Uh, it was very, very good. I, in fact, uh, got back last night probably 8.30 or 9. Um, and so it was it was good. It was, it was interesting, you know, talking to some of the people there and some of the some of the scouts that I know on hand, this was probably as much talent as that has been in Mobile in, in a long time. And the difference between the Senior Bowl and East-West Shrine game, like last year it was closer in talent. Like you had Juice Scruggs last year at East-West. He went in the second round, obviously. Um, you had some other guys at East-West last year. Zay Flowers was at East-West last year. This year it was a complete difference. It was like if you're a player, if you're – thinking you're a day two or better player, you were going to Mobile. Um, the talent was really, really good in Mobile this year, I thought. Uh, and at some positions that I think the Texans have some, um, I don't know if needs is the right words, maybe some needs and some wants, but there were some some definite uh, guys on the radar screen for sure. Yeah, I guess if you're if you're just taking the, the broad view of this draft right now, and if let's say the Texans end up drafting in the late twenties, uh, where they sit, or in the early twenties or so, what what would be the what position groups would you say are the most likely or the most coveted that might fall right around there? Well, I, I feel like it's a pretty a pretty deep defensive line group up and down, whether it's interior or on the edge. Um, I feel like they're going to be you know there's going to be that push for quarterbacks. We always know that's going to happen. So. Uh, you're probably going to have, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, you know, if <laughs> those three for sure. Bo Nix and Michael Penix had a really good opportunity to kind of push for that first round, but Mobile was not that time for them. It was not a great, it was not a great look for either one. Although Penix, I thought was okay. Nick struggled the first two days and third day. Uh, so um, I, there's going to be that push for quarterbacks. It's yeah. a loaded loaded wide receiver draft loaded uh i was just watching what was in mobile and that didn't even count 
uh, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman from Florida State, Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze. I mean, those four guys are probably going, I, I mean, I don't know, top 20. And maybe one of them ends up falling to 23 where the Texans are. And, I mean, those guys would be top 10, top 12 uh, in most any other year. So this is a loaded wide receiver draft. I like the interior in this draft. Byron Murphy from the University of Texas, which I thought was interesting. Uh, he saw Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft and saw he was in the first round. And then the day before the senior ball said, I'm out. <laughs> I don't need to prove anymore. So he, he bounced. He bounced the day before the senior bowl. So Jim Nag- putting a lot on Daniel Jeremiah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, Jim Nagy was not too happy about that um, because I think Byron Murphy would have showed it off. It would have been fun to watch him. Um, but, you know, his partner in crime, Devondre Sweat, is very interesting. Um, and he declined to weigh in at the Senior Bowl, if that tells you anything about how big that oh. human being is. <laughs> He's so big. I know. <laughs> he carries it pretty well, doesn't he? <laughs> he carries it. You know, here's the funny story about Devondre Sweat. This was probably, I don't know, five, six years ago. I'm watching a playoff game in NRG, and it was Huntsville against, I can't remember who it was, Huntsville High School. They got this good-looking dude, number 44. I'm like, oh, man, that's a D1 player. So I'm talking to a couple of the kind of high school recruiting gurus. I know Ryan Broniger, who does it for Tex Ags. I'm talking to him. I said, hey, who's 44? He goes, oh, that's Tavondre. And all I got was Tavondre. Like, I'm supposed to know who that is. And I, I was like, Tavondre. And he goes, Tavondre Sweat. He was 255 playing out on the edge. And I'm telling you, he was not a pound less than 360 at the Senior Bowl. Oh so I don't know what they fed him at Texas, but holy smokes. And I'm telling you, when he turns it up, my comp, in fact, I was, I was talking with our buddy Lance Airline, and I said, man, that dude is Albert Hainsworth all day, every day. I said, he chooses when he wants to be a pro bowler, and he chooses yeah. when he's going to take a break. But he also has a, has a long memory because on Tuesday, Bo Limmer from Arkansas got him. He got got by Limmer. The next yeah. day, when Limmer tried to tried to anchor against him, Sweat nearly broke him in half. I mean, literally. If you see, it, yeah. like, oh my God, how did he not break his knees? So it's, <laughs> it's it's wild. He is incredibly strong. But I think because people are going to see him as a two down player, Seth, I think he's probably going to go a little bit later, maybe on into the second round. And you know, maybe the Texans in the second round have got you know pick fifty nine. We've seen Nick move up and do some things. So he's a large individual. I think he's got to cut some weight to get to about 345, 350. And once he's there, I think he's probably uh, in pretty good shape, but he's one heck of an athlete for sure. Yeah, the, 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 the Tavondre, I'm showing Sean. I'm showing Sean. me the video of what you were talking about. With oh, yeah, against Limmer. Folding <laughs> yeah. him up like a chair. Yeah. Like a, oh, yeah. <laughs> Guys, I'm standing like five yards away from it. And as I see Limmer go down, you know how people are when they're in a group? You know, when they're in a group and they're just, yeah. you had this gasp of like, oh, like there's just, oh, what just happened? And then everybody was like, oh my God, is Limmer going to get up or did he tear three ACLs? And <laughs> Limmer popped right up and everybody's like, oh, okay. Like there was some nervousness amongst people standing around watching whether he was going to get up or Limmer. not. Poor oh, Limmer. Poor Limmer. Johnny, how did Limmer do the rest of the time there? I don't okay. want this to be his testament to football writing. No, I, and I'm glad you brought that up, Seth. Limmer is fantastic. And I, I know we've, we, you know, we've talked about the Texans in the interior and how they're going to do this. If they ended up drafting Limmer on day three, I, I would dance a jig in the studio. He is tough. He's physical. He's played both center and guard. Um, he's, he's strong. Um, it obviously doesn't show up on sweat on that rep, but if you saw the rep from the day before, you'd yeah. see a guy that's 305, 310 getting up under a 370 guy and moving him two yards off the line of scrimmage. So I really like, I like Limmer. Um, I talked to a few of the scouts there. They really, they really like him. Okay. Um, as an interior player, I think Limmer would be a really, really good fit. 
um, for the Texans. But, I, you know, again, they've put so many assets into the offensive line. It was kind of hard to watch the offensive line and fall in love with guys because I just I don't know that they're going to end up um, in, in Houston. Now, yeah. wide receivers, oh, I fell in love with a lot of those guys. Mm. Yeah, that's where, it, I, you know, the more – I watched you guys at the Senior Bowl. Um, <laughs> for one, gush about the wide receivers, and two, uh, ca- complain about how bad the quarterback play was because there was a lot of shots I saw of wide receivers being wide open but with no football to catch. Um, it was that. I, I'm getting the sense that my dream of perhaps having a Mike Evans might be really irresponsible just because, A, the Texans already, like, they've got some strength at that position to begin with. And then, B, you might be able to get younger and still improve to that position. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Seth. And, I mean, it becomes kind of a supply and demand thing in some sense because, he, I mean, these guys, like I said, weren't even in Mobile. Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, Keon Coleman, Malik Neighbors, uh, Troy Franklin, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, Xavier Worthy. Those guys, Adonai Mitchell, none of those guys were in Mobile. And the guys that were in Mobile were, were super studs. Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. Um, I call him kind of a fake Debo in a sense. This dude's got cat, like he's, his thighs are huge. I mean, he's a running back. His, yesterday he was running a slant route and the defensive back was waiting for his cut and didn't move. And Malachi was like, all right, I'll just run you over. And he just literally ran him over, mm. caught the ball for a touchdown and the refs threw a flag, but they didn't know what to call. He is a great runner after the catch. I think he would be a good fit. With what the Texans do, uh, Roman Wilson was fantastic. I know everybody gushed about his one-handed catch. Um, and, and a lot of people wanted to compare him to Tyler Lockett. My comp was Will Fuller just because Wilson has that easy acceleration away from guys like Fuller had. Like, you didn't even think Fuller was running fast, and you're like, boy, he's running five yards away. He's got five yards of separation from a defensive back. This is incredible. Um, I'll give you a guy that I really, really like, and I think he would be the perfect fit with Tank and Nico in due time, and that's Ricky Pearsall from Florida. He was fantastic, and I think he's going to run better than people think, and when you see him, you'll get exactly what I'm talking about. I think he's faster than people anticipate. He runs tremendous routes. He's got glue sticks for hands. He had the catch of the year in college football, a one-hander down the seam that was just absolutely incredible. He cooked everybody he went against. And it reminded me a little bit of what Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua did at the Senior Bowl. Now, Nakua only did it for one day. And then he was gone. And everybody was like, well, where did he go? But he, he caught everything. Cooper Cup, it was funny because you'd have all these DBs kind of fighting for, you know, getting a piece of Cooper Cup early on on the first day of practice. It's about five, six years ago when he's at the Senior Bowl. By day two, dudes were getting out of line. They wanted no part of him. And that was kind of the way it was against Ricky Pearsall. Nobody could cover him. It didn't matter the route. Ricky Pearsall just lit them up. So Pearsall, Roman Wilson, um, Malachi Corley, all really good. Uh, James Thrash, or Jamari Thrash from Louisville, I thought had a tremendous week. Uh, and then Lab McConkey, Dub CC from out of Georgia. Um, he, he's going to run in the 4 3 range. He could play in the slot. He could return kicks. He could play outside. The first day, nobody covered him. No, uh, nobody. The only guy that covered him on the second day was Louisville nickel corner Jarvis Brownlee. So there are about five guys that were in Mobile that I could see them taking maybe you know date sometime day two. Mm-hmm. You know, with pick fifty nine or or whatever they've got after that. They don't have to go into the Mike Evans bucket. And you know, driving home, I was listening to you guys and listening to Landry John. I heard you know Brandon Scott and you know talking about this, and you know I was listening to you guys the last few days. And I think you guys were, were all about it. Look, if they were able to get Mike on a good contract, sure, you know, let's, let's go for it. But you're at a point 
and I know everybody's like, you know, you look, you got you got a lot of money, you got to spend, and I'm like, yeah, I understand spending, and I want to make 2024 a good year, but I don't want to spend to a point that we can't do the things we want to do in 2025 and beyond. You know, that's the one thing I want to be careful of. So if you you know get in get into bed with Mike, so to speak, with a really really big contract because you got to have Mike Evans. Well, how does that hamstring you going forward? Um, you know, at that position, I think. And I would love Mike. I love Mike. I think he's everything that they're looking for in a Texan. I don't think Mike's going to give him a hometown discount. Um, so they're going to have to pay some money. Or you can look at one of these young guys. And, you know, you look at what a guy like Puka Nakua did last year. Look what Tank did as a rookie last year. Rookies can come into this offense and do some things, especially if you've got skills and you've got guys around you like, like Tank Dell and Nico Collins. So that's why I really was looking at those wide receivers and trying to figure out how do they fit with Tank and Nico. And all those guys I felt like would be a really good fit with the two Texan star receivers. Hey, John, okay, you had mentioned guys like Jocelyn uh, to get out of line to not have to do a one-on-one. Does that, does that actually happen that all often, all that often? And do, do these guys realize that people see him do it? Oh, yeah, totally. It's oh, so funny. Man. Some of the, yeah, it's so funny some of the things you end up seeing at times. It, it happens more so with a guy that, um, that wants a piece of a guy. Oh, yeah, so kinda, yeah, that's you good. You can kind of yeah. see the guys like, you know, yeah. Cooper. Cup would step up to the line of scrimmage, and you'd see a couple of three DBs kind of look at each other like, okay, which one of you is going out there? You know, there was this kind of hesitation. It wasn't like, you know, running out of the way, but you can kind of tell there was hesitation like, no, nah, no, nah, he's about to cook me, man. I don't, I'm not, I'm not really, okay, I'll go out there. Dang, it's kind of that, it's kind of that thought. Um, I'll tell you this, my, my favorite story is at the Senior Bowl, and I was, I was talking to a former Baylor coach, um, and his name rhymes with smart smiles. And I was talking to him, and we were watching O-line, D-line. And I said, Coach, tell me about your guy. Now, his guy didn't avoid going in the one-on-ones, but he probably should have. And he goes, oh, John, let me tell you, this guy's a top 25 guy. Um, I think he's going to be a first-rounder, no doubt. And I swear to God, he got first-rounder out of his mouth, and Aaron Donald absolutely destroyed <laughs> Sorrell Richardson. I mean, destroyed yeah. him. And, and Coach is kind of looking at me, and I kind of nudge him like, you know, Coach, you need to watch to make sure what you're saying is true. And then Aaron, they did two reps in, in a row, and Donald beat him one time just going, just ripping on the outside of him, just getting on his edge and just ripping and bending. is unbelievable. Then he goes in the second rep, and he does that kind of jump through cross chop that he does. Yeah. That cross chop, and just cooked him. And I'm like, man, holy cow. I think guys need to be avoiding him. And Aaron Donald turned out to be Aaron Donald. Um, but it was just amazing to watch these guys kind of stand like, you want a piece? And there's some guys that are like, when you do this, you do those one-on-ones. And Seth, you know this, when you get joint practices – Especially down in the trenches, and you've been going against the guy because you know you're a one and he's a one, and you just by day three you're ready to fight. You're yeah, ready to fight, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it got a little testy on day three, but um, no big brawls. I've seen I've seen a few before, but you start getting some after a few a few days that get a little testy. But yeah, there there were some DBs that were, uh, you know what? Nah, man, I'm I'm good. And and the other thing about the Senior Bowl too is along those lines, you have guys that have a day like Aaron Donald did. And they'll have it on day one, or maybe they'll have it on days one and two, and then mysteriously they've got a sleeve on their leg the next day on day three. Yeah. Drop the mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And some guys just don't even show up. Yeah. Like, hey, wait a second, where's 
hey, where, where's that guy? Where'd yeah. he go? Yeah. You know, so day three, you look out there and the rosters are like, whoa, that looks like a game day NFL roster. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was small to say the least. John Harris joining us here on Sports Radio 610, Texan sideline reporter, draft expert, footballtakeover.com, by the way, if you want yeah, to get his draft work there. season, yeah. go to footballtakeover.com. The, the best, the absolute best. Hey, Johnny, before we get you out of here, um, I know running back is a position of huge interest to Texan fans. Um, it doesn't feel like there's Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson in this class, but given where the Texans are right now, and we know that's always subject to change with Nick Casario as the GM, what does this draft look like possibly for the Texans if they were to look at running back the first couple days of the draft? You know, this is the strongest running back class. Um, you know, Travion Henderson decided to go back to Ohio State. Jonathan Brooks from Texas is coming off an ACL tear. Now we've not we've seen that not be the death knell for guys, but those are two guys that you know figured would figure pretty you know prominently. I would have thought in this running back class, especially Henderson. Uh, I, I was a little shocked by that. Um, but you're right; it's it's not it's not even like last year. I mean, there you know besides you know Bijan, there were a couple other options you could look at running back. And I don't I don't even know where my running back one is going to be. My mm. my gut tells me it's Blake Corum from Michigan. And the reason I say that about Corum, I mean, he, he's got all, you know, he's tough. He runs hard. He never misses a cut. Like, you watch the, the end zone view of his film, and you're like, there's the hole. He hits it. I mean, he, he sees every, he doesn't miss a hole. Um, and I think he would fit in either a zone or a gap scheme. You know, they did uh, a little bit of, of both, more so the, you know, kind of man gap schemes at, at uh, Michigan. But his vision's so good. You know, he's 5'8". 205 probably, but he's tough. And that's what a lot of these guys in this draft are. They're kind of 5'9", 210, tough. You know, the guys at the Senior Bowl that I saw, one one really intriguing one. And when people hear the name of the school, they're probably going to tune it out. But I'm telling you, you better not. And that's University of New Hampshire running back slash slot receiver Dylan Labe. This guy is, he's 5'9", if he's lucky. But he's rock solid, like 210. I mean, he's cut up. The first day they put him in, in the slot as a pass receiver, and he was just whipping DBs. The next day they put him in the slot again, and I was down watching the offensive line. I come down, the first route I see is a deep ball. I see the ball in the air. I see, oh, great catch. Man, that dude, he, man, he cooked the defensive back. That's lobby again, running routes from the slot. Then they put him in the run game, and he's running the zone. He's making good cuts. He's fast. He's strong. Um, I copped him to Austin Eckler meets – Mike Allstott. Mm. So I got a chance to talk to him after practice, and I told him what my comp was. And he goes, that's funny because he was wearing number 40. He goes, my dad's favorite player is Mike Allstott. I'm wearing number 40 today because of Mike Allstott. I was like, oh, my God. So he's got power. He can catch the ball in the backfield. I mean, that's the kind of guy you, you, you really, I think, in this class you're looking to get. Ray Davis from Kentucky. You know, it's funny. I was watching him yesterday, and I thought, well, he looks familiar. He was wearing number 21, kind of a kind of big butt, kind of high cut. I was like, man, that's Frank Gore. That's like his body. And this guy caught the ball very well in the backfield. He is one hell of a story. I mean, he was homeless uh, in San Francisco. Mm. They took him off the streets. They sent him to Blair Academy in New Jersey. Um, he ended up at Temple. Then he went to Vanderbilt. Then he ended up at Kentucky. He had a great year at Kentucky. So he's been through it. Um, that would be a guy I think you know, day three you could look at. I just don't know that I'm ready to take you know, a Blake Corum or a Will Shipley or somebody like that on day you know late day two or even early day three, mm. 
given what's at receiver, given what's at defensive end, uh, edge rusher, those kind of things. It's just not a tremendous running back class mm. um, from that standpoint. You probably needed Travion Henderson uh, and Jonathan Brooks to be fully healthy. And at that point, somebody's going to take a risk on Jonathan Brooks from Texas, and it's going to pay off because he'll be healthy in you know nine to ten months from now, um, and you'll have an opportunity to do something with him maybe at the end of this year or going on into year two. So that might be a guy you draft and shelve um, and get him healthy. Uh, and see what he can do for you late in, in year one. But just not a great running back class. So y'all's conversation about Saquon, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, that that is absolutely relevant to me because I think it's going to end up being one of those guys. You just provided my tease into the next segment, Johnny, right there. Absolutely. Uh, John Harris, Texan sideline reporter, the best in the business with the draft, footballtakeover.com. Go check it out. It's worth your time. For sure, especially this time of year. Johnny, we appreciate you making time. Glad you made it back safe from Mobile, and we'll see you soon, my friend. Absolutely, boys. Appreciate you having me. I'm going to hang up and listen. All right, Love thank you. you. Love you, too. Appreciate you, Johnny. You're the best. All right, I, I do want to go there. The running back, that's the first time I've heard somebody really lay out this running back class, and if you're yeah, somebody who's like, yeah. well, just go find a running back in the draft, that was some pretty uh, some pretty dire stuff right there from Johnny. As far the, as, yeah, expecting to go get a, get a running back. Yeah, yeah, so I want yeah. to talk about the effect that might have on the Texans' free agency board and how that might look. So we'll hit that coming up next. We'll top of the hour. Is there a team copycatting? the? Te- is there a Texans East in the NFL after yesterday as well? We'll get to all of that as we roll towards the top of the hour. Stay there. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, good conversation with uh, John Harris, Texan sideline reporter, footballtakeover.com. Glad to see Johnny finally generating revenue from his website. He, Man, he was writing way too much stuff for free. His stuff is good. It's really good. Um, check it out, footballtakeover.com. The, um, that last part, Seth, the running back part, of the conversation with Johnny. I, I think every yeah. Texan fan can agree. The running game needs to be upgraded. Whether you're blaming it on the line or the running backs or whatever, probably everybody is is has a has a role in why the running game was subpar this year for the most part. Um, so I'm a big believer they need to... I, they could nuke the whole room and start over with a bunch of new running backs as far as I'm concerned. If they bring guys back, great. They've just got to be better next year. As far as finding them, though, finding new guys... That was a pretty <laughs> Johnny's Johnny laying out this running back class was um I don't want to say discouraging it just tells me that these free agent running backs that are high level free agent running backs um the Texans might end up might end up spending that might be where they end up spending a little more money than we think is with guys like a Josh Jacobs or a Saquon Barkley I love your idea of Derrick Henry obviously um, you know, Derrick Henry, um, I was looking on the YouTube stream. A lot of people are skeptical of my Derrick, uh, Derrick Henry love. And I think that I think there's some misconceptions about the year that Derrick Henry had. Part of that is um, part of that is my fault because I've long looked at Derrick Henry as uh, as one of this team's biggest nemesis. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, I was so excited about the the Texans just flat out destroyed Derrick Henry. They shut him down. So I think 
more than anything, a lot of Texans fans watched Derrick Henry. The only times they really watched him this year were when the Texans were shutting him down. He had a couple, couple of the worst performances of his career. It makes it that much more impressive that he had those two bad games and still was second in the NFL in rushing this year. Yeah. Led the league in rushing attempts, and he did it behind an offensive line that on the first four offensive line rankings that I went to, the final offensive line rankings for 2024, the first four all had the Tennessee Titans as dead last. It was just an, an abomination of an offensive line. So I think that Derrick Henry appeals to me for a couple reasons. One, and, and I don't know why people think this is not the case, he's a very good scheme fit. A very, very good scheme fit. They, he excels at outside zone run-based stuff. He's awesome. I think people look at him and they think he must be an old-school power runner. He can do that. But they've been the, the Arthur Smith scheme was a, is a Kubiak-Shanahan-based system in a lot of ways, and he was very, very good at that. He actually credited the outside zone as the thing that really ignited his career. Because remember, his first, first two or three years, it really wasn't that impressive. That's right. So um, I say all that to say... I think the fact that he's 30 years old is going to scare a lot of teams off, and I don't think he's going to get a marquee contract. I, I would absolutely love Derrick Henry, who amongst all these free agents has the most impressive run after like yardage after contact and everything else. Um, I, it's, it's, I, I would love to get Derrick Henry, but it's got to be at that, that discount because he's 30. Yeah, and Johnny, what Johnny Harris just said about this rookie class of running backs coming in yeah. makes me nervous that it's going to get pricier for guys like Derrick Henry – Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler, you know, there's a few other names out there. Devin Singletary is probably a name that other cities are bandying about that are looking to upgrade their run game this year. And I say that because we saw the reverse of that last year with the tight end position. That's how the Texans, that was a big reason the Texans were able to get Dalton Schultz so inexpensively is there were a ton of teams going, okay, we need help at tight end. This is an amazing tight end class. You know, you saw yeah. you saw about five or six tight ends go from late first round with Dalton Kincaid to Buffalo through the second round where you saw you saw uh Laporta go to Detroit and Musgrave go to Green Bay, Michael Mayer from Notre Dame go to the Raiders. We saw other tight ends get picked in that day two area as well. So it can go both ways and when Johnny, like Blake Corum looks to me like a really, really good running back out of Michigan. And then Johnny Harris says, yeah, probably late day two, maybe early day three. And he's among the best of the crop. I'm going, okay, well, there. this we know. There will be a couple running backs, rookie running backs, that show themselves to be high-level running backs because there always are. And they get in the right, right. They get in the yeah. right situation. And maybe the Texans are one of those teams yeah. that finds one that gets in the right system. It's just going to be much more of a crapshoot when you're doing it on day three than on day one or two. Right. I mean, that's all. Like, yeah, there's always an Arian Foster or somebody that emerges, emerges. But when we're talking about the draft, you're trying to get guys that you feel like, okay, these are guys that might really have a good chance of playing and starting in the first in the first couple days here of the draft. Yeah. So that's there just don't there don't seem to be a bunch of those guys, and it gets a, to be more of a crapshoot the further you go down in the draft to depend upon them. Yeah. So you go into the season with. You know, I don't. I don't think you really. I don't think you can trust Damian Pierce at this point in this system. It's just so clear how much better Devin Singletary was at uh, at, at adapting to and thriving in this. Or I shouldn't say thriving. Um, he just thrived a lot more than Damian Pierce did. So I, it's a huge bonus if Damian if it does click for Damian. But you gotta you gotta address it somehow. Free agency or the draft. I um. If you had to ask me to make a prediction, like is Damian Pierce on the team in training camp or is he somewhere else? 
I, I think Damian Pierce is a prime candidate to get traded for like a day three pick. Like one of those picks that Nick likes to use to do the slight maneuvering in the second and third and fourth round. Like they don't have a ton of those types of picks, the Texans, right now. They've got three seventh round picks. I don't know that they have a fifth or a sixth right now. I know they've got they've got a they've got the number of picks they have is the full complement. They've got seven or eight picks, but they're they're a little janky in terms of where they are in each round because of all these trades they've made and stuff. And I think they're missing some day three picks that Nick would normally use to maneuver to move up ten spots in the second round to go get John Mechie or whatever. You know, like I, and so I think Damian Pierce is a candidate to get moved for maybe, you know, a day three pick or two. So now Nick has his pocket change he can use to go get yeah. guys and target guys that he wants. Right now they've got a first, a second, a third, two fourths, and a seventh. So yeah. the fifth and the sixth okay. round are the ones that are missing. Okay, that's what I knew they were missing a fifth and a sixth. I didn't know where I knew they had multiple picks on one of the day three rounds. So it's the fourth yeah. round. They've got a couple fourths. Yeah, I I always feel like he he'd like to find some way to take some of the chum at the bottom of the roster and turn that into Six and seven round picks. Because here's the thing with Pierce, Seth. I think Pierce can play. Like, yeah. Damian Pierce can obviously play. He ran for almost 1,000 yards as a rookie. There's a place in the league for Damian Pierce. I just don't know that it's running in this offense if this is what Bobby Slowick wants to do. Right, yeah, and if they don't, you know, it's, it's kind of a big flyer to, to go on for an entire offseason on into next season to figure out whether – whether it worked or not. And, and, you know, Damian Pierce himself, this is all coming from Damian Pierce right. as far as him not, a, him not figuring this scheme out and him needing. He told Sean, this isn't something I can fix this season. It's going to be something we have to do in the offseason. Yeah. So, by the way, speaking of how, like, how active Nick had been with all of that, if, it, if you uh, take just the Texans draft picks that are their own original draft picks for 2024, they have a second, a fourth, and a seventh. That would uh, be yeah, like the only remaining one. And I bet They've you, got the first from Cleveland, the fourth from yeah. Cleveland, and then a third rounder from Philadelphia. They're from Philly. They traded that fourth yeah. round pick last year for that third from Philly. And I guarantee you, at least two of those three picks you just said, they will right. not pick in those spots. You know, yeah. the, they'll maneuver yeah. out of those too. So, I guess the last thing on Pierce before we hit the break, it'd be different too. Like he can play in the league. Obviously, he has, and it's you know, like, it wasn't an issue of conditioning or anything with him this year. Came in in great shape. Um. The problem for me is it's not as though he was getting it at the end of the year and he put together a couple good games at the end of the year. We're like, okay, he's starting to get it. He had no offensive snaps in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he was he wasn't he was not playing running back for the team. He was a second string kick returner by the time the season. I think he had one, didn't he have one snap in the first game? Maybe it was maybe, really yeah. or maybe that I might be thinking of the, the the final indie game. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was but he was he was he was attached to the bench at the end of the year. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. It's a football Friday. We're off to Vegas on Sunday. We can't wait. Yingling Flight, Low T Center. Thanks for just thanks for sending us there. We appreciate you guys sending us there. Um, and uh, there'll be plenty of plenty of Yingling Flight, I would imagine, on that trip as well. Uh, as we head into the nine o'clock hour, teams copying the Texans. Is this team? Is this NFL team Texans East after yesterday? That is next. Okay, picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.